what is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Kelsey Ballerini, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Hello, Alex Cooper. Thank you. Kelsey brought me a gift. Yeah. So this was not planned, so I have no idea what I'm supposed to <laughs> I'm going to open this. It's just- a little happy. Okay. I, I think... I think I'm your first like country artist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I had to bring a little yeehaw energy to just set the tone correctly. It feels like Christmas. I love Christmas. I do too. I do too. Okay. I love a, I love a good gift. I love this wrapping paper. Okay. I didn't wrap it. I got to be honest okay. with you. It's okay. It's but okay. <laughs> <gasps> shut the fuck up. Thank you, you like so it? so much. I'm You're obsessed. so I'm, welcome. I'm, This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy Gang. I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself. And it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. And it didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and to understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash daddy. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, Daddy Gang? Rally, the squad, we're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Congratulations on your new EP. Thank you. Rolling up the welcome mat. I was listening to it in the car this morning Hmm. and I listened to every single song and it's great. Thanks. It's also obvious what it's about. Your divorce. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. You met your ex-husband, Morgan Mm -hmm. Evans, when you were 22 years old Mm -hmm. and he's also a country singer. Yeah. How did the two of you meet? I was hosting an award show and he was my co-host. 
and I was like newly out of a relationship and I was in this phase where I was like on my third single but like like I just felt like the world was like opening up for the first time for me and like things were things were working and I was like I just like I believed in everything yeah you know what I mean like everything good was happening at once and I think I was just like so starry-eyed to my life Mm -hmm. and then I met this person who like was is like so charming and sweet and um and just it like aligned with this this goodness that was happening in my world and it just all kind of clicked in like this kind of fairy tale moment I also feel like that age Mm -hmm. even if like we all have our ups and downs at 21 22 but it is a pretty ideal age where you like feel like you're an adult yeah you're kind of not but like you feel like it you're feeling like it I thought that I had my entire life figured out Mm -hmm. like I thought that I knew exactly what love was and what I contributed to a relationship and what I needed out of a relationship yeah and I didn't what was your first impression of him like what were you attracted to about him he just comes from like such a a loving family that believes so much in like unity and, and family. Mm-hmm. And I come from a really, really broken family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really attracted to that. Like I was really attracted to the security that that idea had and that he innately had in him. Yeah. Um, we definitely came in with different ideas of a relationship, you know. What were yeah. those first few weeks and months of dating like? It was just a whirlwind. I like I am such a jump right in person, um, which I part of me was like, I don't want to do that again. And part of me is like, here I am. Um, but I, <laughs> I I don't know how to shield that because I I like that about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would rather feel things mm-hmm. without a filter and then fall on my ass later and and feel the opposite of that feeling fully than not let myself feel a feeling like that's the point of life you know um and so I I think that like my my life was changing so much and I was like all of a sudden busy all the time and traveling the world for the first time like I'm from Knoxville and then I was like going to Australia you know I was like this is amazing like look at the world yes and um and he felt steady really Mm -hmm. really steady through all the chaos of my life changing when you look back now mm-hmm. at those beginning first few, even like weeks, month or two of dating, is there anything now you can be like, oh, I think that's a red flag, but you were too young at the time to recognize? I, at 22, was much quieter. I didn't have an opinion on much. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm a people pleaser to my core, and I think that that was the thing that was in the driver's seat. I was a mirror back to whoever was in front of me. Um, And I was really good at being whoever people needed me to be. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up. You got engaged after nine months of knowing each other. Yeah. Nine months of knowing each other. Were you surprised when he proposed? No. No. Really? I mean, it was like, it was balls to the wall. It was all in. Had you guys talked about getting engaged? Yeah, and it's so funny because I swore I would never get married. It was just not my thing. And I think it's because I watched my parents really have a time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a nasty divorce. They still can't really be in the same room. And um, and so I think being an only child, watching that, walking through that at 12, 13, like those impressionable ages, I was just like, I'm not doing it. When you guys got engaged, what was your friends and family reaction? 
they were happy. I mean, I think I think there was definitely uh, like this is this is pretty fast mm-hmm. um, undertone to everything. But like, you know, he's a good person and he was really good to me, mm-hmm. especially then. Yeah. So I think they wanted to see me happy. I also think that they were watching my life start to change and they wanted someone with me that was more steady. So I didn't have a go off the rails. Moment. Yeah, that makes sense. I was wondering if there were any of those like friends that sometimes it creates a riff in the friendship but they're like Kelsey like are you sure like this is really soon like did you not have anyone in your life that was questioning you people questioned him more than they questioned me like Mm -hmm. my friend Megan I'll never forget this um the first time she met him she pulled him aside and she said you have a lot more to gain from this than she does why do you think that is I think we were just in different places you know he He's nine years older than me, and he was kind of restarting his career mm-hmm. in the States, and I was, like, digging my heels in, and it was just we were in different places with mm-hmm. our with our jobs and with where we were at with them. Did you feel that way, that he had more to gain? I never felt like that until afterwards. Mm. Yeah. Did you live together before you got engaged? We did. How soon in did you move in together? eight months wow you had eight months it sounds insane for me to say it all out now sometimes you can be so in it and clouded in your judgment because like the immediate in front of you feels so good and makes so much sense in your head not to say it's a full bad decision it's just like you don't have the wherewithal to be like let me think about this not from a place of being young and in love and infatuated like it's really fucking hard but eight months to move in did you move in with him or did he move in with you or did you guys get like a mutual place he moved in with me oh that's interesting so he's nine years older you have a place and he moves in with you how did that conversation go um it was just kind of the undertone of the whole relationship Mm. you know now do you see that as Mm -hmm. a red flag Mm mm-hmm do you think if in that specific instance, say like moving in, mm-hmm. like if you had pushed back, do you think the relationship would have progressed in the way that it did? Maybe not as swiftly. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely accelerated it. Um, but like I said, like I was just, I was like, how can I be of service? I'm a people pleaser. What what do we need to do to make this happen? Right. You know? Did anyone ever ask you guys like, what's the rush? Like, why do you have to get married so soon? Like, <laughs> sh- date. Have you fun. You know what? I'm sure people did. Yeah. I'm sure people did. And I just simply did not care mm. to listen. Okay, take me to your wedding day. Mm. What do you remember about that day? Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a minute. Um, I just wanted everyone to have a nice time. I didn't want to have a wedding why um because I didn't I think at the end of the day I really want to get married mm-hmm. um I did in that moment but fundamentally I think from the trauma that I had as a kid mm-hmm. I didn't and then I think I, I told myself that I did and I, I take the full responsibility of that narrative did you ever share with him that you didn't think fundamentally you believed in marriage for yourself I think these bigger thoughts started really showing up as I grew up. 
Mm-hmm. And that was in the marriage. Yeah. You know, because I was like, of course, I, you know, I love you. Of course I want to marry you. Of course I want to have kids with you. And then we were married and then it was like time for kids. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. How you enter into a relationship and how you show up to it and like that that's going to be the through line yeah and so I started overcompensating really really early on and that happened till the very end can you explain what you mean by that overcompensating like I was the one who was like when am I going to see you how is that going to happen here's the flight let me buy that flight for you Here's the hotel. Sure, I'll leave my mom for Christmas and buy our flights to go see your family in Australia. Okay, cool. Um, We have an anniversary coming up. Should we book a trip? Okay, I'll do that too. Um, We're home for a week. I'll book the cleaners. I got that too. Um, Like, I just did it all. And it's because I I started it that way. I didn't didn't ask him to meet me anywhere. I just did it. When you're saying you were basically financially funding the relationship, when did you start to get, like, resentful? Um... When I just simply didn't see him, I got to a place where I was like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't killing myself Mm -hmm. to figure out how this overlaps and how this works, as I'm like, you know, busy, just we wouldn't exist. Wait, and why weren't you seeing him? Where is he? I mean, he was touring. He was doing, doing it all. Mm -hmm. I just, I think... If you want to, you will. Yeah. So how was your first year of marriage? Because you were married for five years. Almost five. Like Almost four and a half. five. Okay. So how was the first year of marriage? It was great. Okay. It was great. We like we were still so young in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like our relationship was still so young. Right. Let alone the marriage, you know? So like we were still kind of in like the rainbows and butterflies. And it was fun and sweet and romantic and there was effort and um I know I always say to myself and to my girlfriends of like, you have to get to the year mark Mm. and then you kind of start to recognize if you'd want to be with that person. Yeah. You got married in the honeymoon stage. For sure. When did you realize the two of you were not on the same page about what marriage looked like? Longer than I give myself credit for. Mm. Um, A long time. A long time. And there were, there was separations there was years of couples therapy. Okay. There was like many a nights of sleeping on the couch. Like this was just a relationship that took work for a long time. Do you remember like the first night that you slept on the couch? I remember, I don't think it was the first night, but I remember it was a night where I was like, this is not what I want. But I slept on the couch the night before the CMAs. And um, I remember te- I went to rehearsal at the arena and texting him and him being like, I'll just see you at the carpet. Like, okay. Can you give me a little bit more of an, why did you sleep on the couch? There was just such a sense of disconnection. We hadn't seen each other. There was a lack of effort to see each other. I was getting resentful because anytime we did see each other, I felt like I was carrying that load Mm -hmm. and I was tired. Mm -hmm. I was just tired of, of, 
showing up in that way all the time and not feeling like I was seen or matched. And then I was also tired from like traveling all the time and like giving so much of myself because that's what I want to do to honor my career too. And I think I just felt really depleted and not understood. What did those nights look like? Like fight wise though? Like are you... We didn't fight. You didn't fight. Yeah, we didn't fight. No. So it would be just silence. You're walking out, you're sleeping on the couch, you wake up in the next morning and it's like... Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. And when you walk out onto the... Like to go to sleep on the couch, he doesn't come to try to get you. He stays in the room. It's just silence. Yeah. But how would you feel when you're on the couch like going to bed like what were do you remember what you were mentally going through I definitely learned how to compartmentalize which is some undoing that we're working on now Mm -hmm. yeah because I was like I have to work tomorrow I have to work tomorrow and I have to show up with him so people don't ask questions and then you know 2021 I host the CMT awards he just wasn't there he didn't show up I I was like you cannot come you cannot come it was so bad why did you not want him to go? Because because I had to work and I had to show up. And I knew that if he was there, we were like in and out of separation mm-hmm. and and just not good. And I was like, it's just like, I don't want to fake it. Did, I don't want to fake it. Did people in your life know that this was happening? Yeah. Everyone in my life knew this was happening. How, Everyone in his life knew this was happening. How soon into the marriage did you guys get into couples therapy? Because I know you said you've Mm. been doing it for years. Year two. And what was like the issue you kept reaching a standstill on to make you be like, we need to go to couples therapy? Um, Just like feeling really lopsided. Just feeling like this relationship would not be alive if if I didn't do everything. And I just... Like you getting on the plane that I found and booked for you is not enough. When you, because I appreciate how you said earlier, like everyone is going to have their own side. And I like really respect that everyone experiences it their own way. But from your recollection of how you felt in those moments, what would be his reasoning when you would come at him to be like, I'm literally doing fucking everything. Like, give me something. Like, what would he say? Um... I mean, he was busy too, you know, and I, I think I was maybe a little too nice about it. Um, but like he needed to do what he needed to do too. Mm -hmm. And, and also by the way, like I don't pin the whole downfall on him at all. I was not perfect. He was not perfect. It was not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there were definitely moments that I look back on where I'm like, oh, I, should have done that different or I, I could have showed up here I could have taken the flight this time whatever it is um and I in in the, the unraveling that's definitely something that I ended up sharing with him um just saying like I need to own the last few years of like mm-hmm. I think I checked out a long time ago and I need to like I need to let you know that your pictures from your wedding were in people magazine yeah. How did the pressure of having a public relationship also impact how long you stayed? I I think I'd be lying to say it didn't. I think there was a lot. I think there were two le- levels of fear that I had to get past. Mm-hmm. One was that I was my parents. Mm-hmm. Like having that fear of like, you're doing what they did. How how has this happened? Anything that how our parents fucked us up. We're like, I'm going to do it the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not going to let this happen to yeah. me. Can you talk about your 
feelings towards having that as like a big thing in your head of like I cannot fail because I don't want to be my parents like how did that mentally and emotionally affect you I think I got married because of my parents Mm -hmm. I think I got divorced because of me and I I like I think me choosing to get out of that marriage was me kind of rewriting what divorce looks like and what it means. I was listening this morning and I remember hearing the line of like, I may be not getting this exactly correct, but it's like we would text and in place of basically like sex. When did like you lose the spark in your relationship? (laughs) Sex in, in, in my life and in my journey has been something that's taken a lot of um work um I think I grew up really 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 religious and um I went to like a church of Christ college and like if you have sex before marriage you're going to hell that was like in my body like not just my mind but like my body and um I had been with one other person before I got married and it was a really negative sexual experience um, and it was in a relationship, but it just was not healthy at all. And so the way that I define sex was very one-sided, very for the man, very um, not, not a sense of connection at all. And then it was also littered, littered with this, like you're going to hell. And so then I got married and um, like had this shame around it going into it. Um, that made it really difficult for us to connect in that way from the very beginning. And I don't even think I understood what a good sexual relationship was. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I had anything to compare it to. It just was. Yep. It, when we saw each other not very often, yeah. that would be something that I knew that he wanted yeah. and needed and I wanted to be a good wife. Yeah. Were you lonely? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I will say like, I learned the value in female friendship. Like, oh my God, so much. Like, I'm an only child and I always wanted sisters so badly. And I'm going to cry, not this. But, like, that is such a gift that came out of it was, like, I I have, like, such a good group of girlfriends that would, like, they've just shown up when it's not convenient. And um, I, I have a story. Yeah. Because this to me is, like, this to me is, just in a nutshell, the reason it ended and the reason that I am where I am and the reason that I'm fucking happy um, is there was a time that I was out here, I think it was 2019, and I get really, really, um, I get sad in LA. I don't know what it is. And I didn't have a good group of friends out here yet. I do now. In therapy, I was learning, like, you can't expect your partner to read your mind. If you need something, ask for it. Like, that's going to lead to a healthier communication. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I, I called him and I was, like, sobbing. And I was just like, I'm in a bad place. I need you. Like, can you please get on a flight? Sent him the flight. Um, and he didn't come. And I remember um, – feeling like really embarrassed because I was vulnerable and I asked and I hate asking and all these things. And it was just a moment that I shared with my friends and whatever. And then last year I was on tour going through the divorce publicly going on stage every night. And, um, my best friend Kelly surprised me at my LA show 
And it was such, it was so special. Like that whole show was so special. And then the next day I had a day off and we were driving in Malibu and she looked at me and she was like, Hey, do you know why I'm here? And I was like, cause you wanted to see the, the Greek show. She's like, no, because in 2019 you had to ask for someone to come out here that should have known he should have known. And you asked and he didn't show up and I'm here to show you that it's not that fucking hard. Who brought up the idea of divorce first? This episode is brought to you by new Garnier Fructis hair filler with vitamin C G. Many things can damage your hair like heat styling and bleaching, but the all new Garnier Fructis hair filler systems can reverse up to one year of damage to your hair smoothness in just one use, giving you up to 79% stronger hair and up to four times less breakage. And all Garnier products are approved by Cruelty Free International under the Leaping Bunny program. New Garnier Fructis hair filler, pre-shampoo, shampoo, conditioner, and serum are available now on Amazon and at Walmart, Target, Ulta, drug, and select grocery stores. Learn more at GarnierUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Sparkling Ice. Have you tried Sparkling Ice yet? It's got great flavor, plus vitamins and antioxidants and no sugar. Sparkling Ice is soda if soda had substance, okay? They've got more than 15 flavors with just the right amount of carbonation, kiwi, strawberry, orange, mango, black cherry, and don't get me started on the pineapple coconut flavor. Mm-mm. One sip and you're on spring break. So ditch soda and enter your flavor era. Sparkling ice, anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Prime Video. I am a certified rom-com addict. I love watching movies and shows that are funny and cute and romantic and make me want to cuddle up to Matt, okay? And Prime Video feeds that addiction. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Donald Glover, and Maya Erskine kind of love each other, kind of hate each other, and really love to rip each other's clothes off. Dare I say better than the original. My Lady Jane, a hilarious, heartwarming, and sometimes steamy historical reimagining of the story of Lady Jane Grey. You can watch both of these and a whole lot more on Prime Video. You can also indulge in even more rom-com classics by adding channels like Max, Stars, and Paramount+. Plus. Prime Video, find your favorite flirty rom-coms all in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. Who brought up the idea of divorce first? Me. How did you begin that conversation? Take us to that moment. The moment I think it was over over was I was realizing that I wasn't ready for kids. And that's a fundamental difference. And I don't and I still don't I don't know if I want kids at all or not. Um, But that was something that we had talked about early on. And that was something that I was changing on, you know, Mm Cause he was ready. He was like, I don't want to be an old dad is what he kept saying. And I was like, I'm not, I just, I'm not there yet. And I can't, I can't do that to like save this and give you something that I'm not ready for. Like, I just can't do that to myself. Um, and I remember I went to 
get everything checked to see if I could freeze my eggs. And I didn't tell him. And I took him out to dinner and I was like, for my 30th birthday, I want to freeze my eggs. And it was not a good day. (laughs) It was not a good day. And I think that was when I was like, there's a fundamental difference here that has happened and that has shifted. And it's no longer like, I don't see this person. I miss this person. I'm alone. I'm lonely. It's like, he wants something out of life that I'm, I don't think I'm, I don't, I'm not there. And whether I'll get there or not, I don't think it's with this person if it is. Um, And I think internally in hindsight, that's where I went. Like, I think maybe we need to rethink this, Kels. First of all, I really respect you having that moment within yourself to Mm. be like, because of now kind of getting to know you, you're Mm -hmm. like, I have people pleasing tendencies. I sometimes have a hard time with saying no and so I'm just gonna go with the flow and I'm gonna go with it there's a lot of people that have children to save a marriage yeah and that is I mean children are beautiful things but like not to save a marriage yeah and so the fact that you had that internal strength to be like I know this is never gonna be something that I can Mm. do just to save this it sounds like there was a very bad reaction yeah Do you think had he been like loving and sweet about it, would you be in this situation? I think at the end of the day, even the fact that I was having the conversation of freezing Mm -hmm. my eggs, that was telling me that we were on different pages with it. Yeah. You know, he was like ready, ready. And I was wanting to freeze my eggs a year and a half from then. Right. So when did you have like the conversation that you wanted a divorce? In August. Um, But we had kind of been separated and I had asked for separation and so we were like switching off in the house and I was like living with my mom if I wasn't on the road um and then I went on this girl's trip to Napa with like all my girlfriends and I just felt joy like pure joy and I was and I and I I wasn't sharing it with them like we weren't talking you know and uh I was just like yeah this I like this version of myself so much more. So did you end up having like a conversation with him or did you just, when did that happen? Um, A couple weeks later when I saw him in person um, and it was like a really beautiful conversation. If I'm honest with you, you know, I was just really honest. I just said like, I, I've, I've loved, I've loved what this has brought Mm -hmm. in my life and I respect you and I respect me and because of that I can no longer be in this marriage and um and I really want to do this together and I really want to like honor the good that we've experienced by doing this the right way mm-hmm. and um and like it was it, it was beautiful I like, cried we hugged it was sweet and then something changed and I don't I haven't talked to him since oh wow you never spoke through like the lawyers and everything that was it that was the last day you spoke Wow. Yeah. He like after that conversation, obviously you lawyer up and you tell you tell your team and you get your people and yeah. And um yeah, and everything kind of just shifted. How does that make you feel that you haven't spoken? I mean, I'm at peace with it now. At first I was just like I, I just felt like, you know, we had had a conversation of like, let's let's do this right. Like this doesn't have to be Yep. 
this doesn't have to be nasty. This doesn't have to be what I've experienced divorce to look like. It got nasty. Yeah. It did. He released a song about your divorce. Uh-huh. And this was before it was finalized. This was weeks after we decided. And you had no idea the song was coming out. No. Some of the lyrics, and these are like not even some of the, I'm not going to say the worst, but like it was, how long have you been waiting to take our pictures down? Why am I just finding out? I was reading the lyrics and I was like, oh shit. Like from my interpretation, I was like, he is like blaming you of like, you have like known all along that you weren't in this. And like, I'm blindsided. And like, why, why are you just like randomly last minute telling me like this, this is pretty fucked up. When you heard the song and when you hear the lyrics, what does it make you feel? Oh, so angry. So angry. That's like that. I felt pretty, I had a pretty good grasp on like my grieving journey until that song came out. And I was livid. I think that maybe there's a world where he was blindsided. I did not blindside him. I think two things can be true. Mm -hmm. And... I, I think, like, if he truly was blindsided, then where was he? And that's the point. Yeah, because you write, were you blindsided or were you just blind? The truth is hard to hear, but it wasn't hard to find. Can you explain your, like, mentality when you were writing these lyrics? And, like, where were you at trying to explain this? I mean, I think I was just kind of, like, putting examples in there, like... We were in therapy for years. Like, remember that time that I slept on the couch before the CMA Awards? And then we, like, walked the carpet, like, with bags under our eyes because we had been fighting, like, but not really fighting because, like, you know, I I was just, like, again, if if that is your narrative, if, if that's true to you, like, where were you? How does it feel, though, to, like, in that moment now be going, like, back and forth in songs with your ex-husband? I feel, if if I'm being honest, like, I felt like it was really opportunistic for him to put that out when he did, when we were still going through the legalities of getting divorced, and um, I felt really used in that moment, Um, and again, his healing journey is his healing journey. I respect that, but but publicly exploiting it feels a little nasty to me Mm -hmm. before it's final. Now, we're, like, months past it, you know, we're moving on. Um, and, and I've taken the time to like actually sit in my feelings and like go through that grieving process and, and take ownership of what I, what I brought to the table too, you know? And, um, and that's why like this EP has been like, I'm nervous to put it out for sure. Um, but I wish I would have had it in August. I wish, I wish in August when I was like, I'm, blowing up my life I'm doing it that someone would have had those six songs that I could have listened to yeah. to like go through the intricacies of the emotions of everything that you think your life is going to look like it's not when you were saying it got nasty it obviously feels like it's not just because he wrote a song no no can you share yeah I mean I want to like protect mm. him weirdly in this um But, like, one thing that was – he was so 
diehard about in the beginning was like I don't ever want people to think that I'm like using you or riding any coattails or like trying to get opportunities through you or any of that and I never felt like he did I never felt like he did like to my core even now I'm like I believe I have to believe that this man like was purely just in love with me not artist me like me me you know and <laughs> and then we got divorced and who you marry is not who you divorce and um like you know as he's putting out a song about being blindsided he's taking half the house that he didn't pay for so you didn't get a prenup i did get a prenup <clears throat> so it was kind of like that or alimony what the fuck what the fuck i remember being on tour and um i had just gone home i had like two shows and then one night off and I flew home to pack up my shit in the house because we were listing it and flew back to Denver and got on a call with my manager and my lawyer and they're like um you know he like he wants half the house that's how they're reading the prenup or there's there's messy alimony language and I and I just remember being on the phone being like can you articulate to me that I have like a choice right now to either give up half of a house that I bought that I bought and he contributed but uh-huh. not not equal and or say legally in this marriage and have like public alimony hearings indefinitely and they're like that's correct and I was like give him the house I want out I want out give me out how did that make you feel when you got that like call? shit here's the thing and this is the thing that I still have to work on it makes me not trust myself mm. it makes me not trust myself because I'm like hurt people hurt people I totally get that and I have grace I really do because uh, I do I do know that he was hurt and is hurt but like how did I how was I married to this person for this long and I had no idea that 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 bit of character was tucked within that human being that's what's hard for me that's what's hard for me. When I go all the way back to the beginning of this interview and your friends were like, you have way more to gain than she does. Don't let him take blah, blah, blah. And then I get it. The feeling yeah. of like, oh my God, it's fucking happening. Yeah. It's it's all happening. Yeah. It's a really shit feeling. And I also appreciate you being like, I have to somewhat blame myself. Like that, it it's hard to, yeah. you got to like look inward of like, what did I miss? It takes two to tango. Totally. Fully. And I think anyone that like looks at the downfall of any kind of relationship mm-hmm. and just points their finger has a lot of work to do on themselves. You know, like I've, I take a lot of ownership and I like, you know, I write in the, I write in there, like I've shared all my secrets and I've paid for all my crimes. Like I was not perfect, but mm-hmm. I gave my honesty to who I owed it to. When you look back at this whole situation, what part of yourself do you feel like you lost or you kind of like silenced and pushed down during that marriage that now you're like whoa like look Mm. at me now like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm like awake Mm. I think that I allowed there to be such a fear around getting divorced at 29 Mm -hmm. I think for me I think he loved me more at 23 and I love me more at 29 
how are you finding a more positive spin than rather accepting the shame that society puts on women of like, oh God, she's divorced? I think it's just all about forward motion. You know, mm-hmm. like, first of all, asking yourself the question, would you rather be lonely in a relationship or lonely alone? Mm-hmm. Coming to terms with that. Blowing up your life. Just in letting it, letting the dust settle where it's going to. That's been hard for me. I love that you use the word blowing up your life because <laughs> I really do feel. <laughs> I had a white picket fence. No. Yeah. And I feel like it feels <laughs> that way. Right. And yeah. I bet so many people listening are in a situation where they're like, oh, fuck. I wish I was you, Kelsey, because I haven't blown my shit up yet. And I'm just staying in it because I don't know how to end it. And I don't know if you have any advice to someone of like, how the fuck do you get the courage? Because in your mind, you actually are saying, I'm about to blow my life up. You're not. Yeah. Like, but I, it's, I'm not, I I would say the same thing if I was going through it. It feels like that in the moment. So how do you, now that you're on the other side of it, to speak to people maybe that are like, I can't blow my life up. Like our families like each other and our friends and our lives are entangled. Like we have a house together. We may have kids together. Like, what do you say to someone that's like stuck in it? I think asking yourself what the worst case scenario is like is the worst case scenario feeling like you're feeling forever or is it his mom being mad at you is it TMZ running a story what is that the worst case scenario it's all right you're right worst case is fucking staying in something that makes you miserable worst case is staying in something where you are not honoring yourself and in doing that, you're not honoring them. Yeah. And you're not allowing them to go live the life that they want to live. You go through this divorce. <laughs> you are like, oh my God, what? Alex. We're like, let's take a sip of water. You're like, Where okay, I'm about to no, We should have been fucking drinking. Oh, we should have been. So you go through this divorce. Yeah. You're finding yourself. You're figuring <sighs> your shit out. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> How did you know you were ready to date again? Oh God. Am I ready to date again? <laughs> Looks like it. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> listen, I think obviously he and I's healing journeys are different. I think I grieved a lot of the marriage in the marriage. And so I think I was ready to open back up. I'll, and I don't I actually have no idea what his journey is right now. But um, I, I've just felt, why not? Yeah. Why not? I've never really dated. I don't know how it works. I'm like, well, let's just put ourselves out there. Let's just vibe. And, um, and it's, it's been fun. I love that too because I feel like and I get it like we just talked about like a bunch of like a relationship and divorce and then I'm like so what about dating it's like you gotta move on you have to you have to am I just supposed to stay here no be sad forever please don't right you deserve better yeah are you single am I single (laughs) (laughs) um am I single (laughs) god um I just want to be so clear on Caller Daddy. Every time I ask someone if they're single, if it's not an immediate, yeah. You didn't even have to say no, no. You're like, um. I know, um, I know, I know, I know. Can I go to the bathroom? So you're dating Chase Stokes. (laughs) I'm just vibing. (laughs) Okay, well, I want to say you guys are. I'm (laughs) sweating. You're like, no, call. Okay, can I ask you? Yes, I appreciate anything. Yeah, at this point we go way back. Jesus, we saw the photo of you and Chase, and now there's more photos of you and Chase. What does it feel like though to 
have that be so public and like did you at all think about your ex and like what he would think when he saw those photos no no well no because i'm not married to him anymore and i don't need to care about his feelings anymore right and i mean that with all the respect in the world but his journey is not mine anymore um and so i hope that he is protected from whatever Mm -hmm. he needs to be protected from seeing Mm -hmm. i hope he has people in his life that help him do that that is not my job how did you that's gonna be a hot take (laughs) and i'm gonna get picked apart for that what are you supposed to do not do stuff because an ex is gonna see it and i'm not exploiting what i no. what i am or i'm not doing mm-hmm. um well you're about to right now well yeah <laughs> I'm, no just shit. I'm just kidding i'm just kidding um um yeah no i because i do want to be respectful and yeah. um and also it's it's new everything's new mm-hmm. for me um dating um <laughs> being photographed with someone like it's all really new and i'm tiptoeing and i'm i'm like happy and i'm really relearning a lot about myself and how i show Mm -hmm. up in a relationship and how i show up for myself and um and it's been like a really beautiful reawakening i guess and i love how you're trying to fluff around i'm about to come right back in how did you guys meet i slid into his dms i fucking love when people slide into dms what did you say well i was just like i'm not gonna get on an app and i i and honestly you know, he shoots in Charleston and my, my manager lives there and he like put the bug in my ear. He was like, you know, it's really cute. Like when you're ready, it's Chase. And I was like, you're so right. And I've never seen the show and, but I just knew of him. Um, and yeah, so I followed him and he followed me and I just swan dove right on in. You have to not maybe give us the exact, but give us an idea of like, what the fuck are you sliding in with? Um, his handle is hi Chase Stokes. And yeah. I said, hi Chase Stokes. Oh wow. And then he immediately answered and you guys mm-hmm. kind of look at you <laughs> we're, look. we're manifesting baby okay so now that you're kind of in a now a new relationship mm-hmm. how are you in your head are you letting yourself just go for it are you being mindful about like do you have a certain different way about going into a relationship now with oh, what God, you've learned yeah. in your past for sure chair oh uh, i just i feel i feel like because i'm in i, I think i'm finally an adult I think that just happened over the last couple of years. And I feel like what that means to me is like, I have opinions. I have a career mm-hmm. that is a priority for me to show up for myself and the mm-hmm. people that I've aligned with along this journey. Um, and um, I have aspirations and goals that are tied to no one. And those are all really important things. I have my shit together. You know what I mean? And for me to share that with anyone is a gift and yeah. I want to I want to be with someone that feels the same way about their life and um I want it to feel even that middle ground that I'm so bad at I I'm eager to find it okay you have to just give us a little insight of like going on a date with someone and then a photo of them just being like all over the internet what do the two of you say when that shit happens like when you're sitting in your apartment or you're with him or you're in your house where the fuck are you what are you guys saying when that comes out? Wherever you are, what is happening when that comes out? Well, he he kind of full sent it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, we had been hanging out and people got a photo of us um, at the game, mm-hmm. at the championship. And so that was kind of just going. And he was like, I mean, it's going to keep going. So should I just like poke the bear? And I was like, sure. And that, the poking the bear was like a photo of me just like leaning leaning on him how long had you guys been together before that photo leaked 
Um, I mean, I we weren't even together is like so relative. I don't re- even really know. Like yeah. we had been talking for since the beginning of December. Okay, so you were just like, we're just going for it. You're having fun. I'm having I'm having fun. What is your mentality now around marriage, getting married again? Would you ever do it? How do you feel about it? Anytime I've said a hard no to something, I've come back later in my life and, mm-hmm. and challenged it. So right now I would I would say I don't think I will I will get married again. Mm-hmm. Um I love the idea again of partnership. I'm a relationship bitch, but I I don't know if I believe in like the legality of it all um anymore and i think if you want to be with someone it should be a daily choice um i am also just fresh out of like a that was like a brutal moment so um subject to change right you're like alimony the house <laughs> you're like marriage is awful just date. Yeah. i get it i get it what would you say to someone right now in this moment that's listening watching and is going through heartbreak Oh, um, I would say be proud of how you're going to handle it in 10 years. Mm -hmm. I would say only way out is through. And I would say like tequila. (laughs) (laughs) So much tequila. (laughs) I love you. You're like so much to kill. It gets you right through. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. What would you say to 22-year-old Kelsey right now in the seat where you're sitting? Oh, my God. Oh, what would I tell myself at 22? You are going to learn that pissing people off is okay. And actually, it's necessary. You are going to learn that you can be a good person and not good for somebody. You are going to learn that um, your circle needs to shrink a little bit and that's going to hurt and that's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn that 29 is going to look a hell of a lot different than you thought it would. And so far, so good. Kelsey Ballerini, thank you so much for coming on Call Her Daddy. Thank you so much, Alex. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. One zero dollar delivery fees. Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.